Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Thursday morning. Some very interesting thoughts there. We will start with a saying that has permeated society and is now affecting sports, and that is the virus does not discriminate. Those five words, the virus does not discriminate. That's our jumping off point this morning. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, we're uh. presented by Progressive Insurance. It is Masters Thursday. Jay's already got ESPN Plus fired up on the monitor. I got it all set. <laughs> what time does Tiger tee off again? He tees off this morning at 7.55. How about the Shambo? We'll be ready to go a little bit later with him. Okay. All so right. we'll watch him. Featured groups as well as complete coverage on ESPN Plus this morning and on ESPN Television at 1 Eastern. Encore presentation later tonight if you're at work and can't be as fortunate as us and get paid to watch sports and talk about See, it. See, I can already tell you that Bart doesn't have the fluidity in the shoulders on the golf swing. <laughs> look at look at the shoulders. Look at the neck. It doesn't. It's not going to be smooth. Bart, hang on we're, for a yeah, second. We're not getting Looks Bart's like your mic, mic yeah. is not working. We're going to get that turn, thing turn, turn your mic on, on man. Turn your mic on. Mic <laughs> Check, one, there you two. go. Oh, the mic go. was off, listen, and now bro, the mic is on. Bro, that, listen, that was not me. Rookie mistake. It's I amazing guess, what happens when you press the <laughs> on button. It really is. Real quick, if you want to have any exact time on DeShambo, he'll tee off with John Rahm, who has set the golf world and beyond on fire with that great skipping through the water shot. I'm sure everybody Hole in saw. One. What? <laughs> he'll tee off with DeShambo and Louis Oosthuizen at 7:33. So 7:33 for those guys. DeShambo, the betting favorite, and then Tiger at 7:55. Again, mm. complete coverage on ESPN Plus, ESPN television and on SportsCenter all day long. But I want to get back to the virus, as I mentioned, because if you wanted any further proof, any further proof that the virus is affecting everything, simply put, Jay, check the college football poll, right? Let's start right at the top. Alabama, number one, had the Nick Saban scare. Whether or not that was a positive, it was a huge story in college football. Number two, Notre Dame. They had an outbreak, and then they had a super spreader event, possibly on Saturday after one of their greatest wins of all time. At number three is Ohio State. Their game with Maryland this weekend has not been postponed. It has been straight canceled. The Terps have had eight players test positive in the last seven days, so Ohio State gets roped into this because their opponent Saturday, Maryland, Eight positive tests over a seven-day span. Number four is Clemson. We know the deal with them. All of the drama with Trevor Lawrence. Number five is Texas A&M. Their game this weekend has been canceled. And number six is Florida. They're in a situation where their coach got the coronavirus. They had to pause the program. And then shortly after that, he was asking for fans to fill the stadium. Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, Texas A&M, Florida, one through six in order, every single team affected by the coronavirus. But it's Ohio State at number three that's really raising your eyebrows this morning. Well, because there's not, there's not, there wasn't built in wiggle room. And I, I think that is the struggle that a lot of fans are having. But... I'm going to take a different course here, Zubin. Go for it. I'm not going to sit up here on national radio and criticize Kevin Warren, criticize the Big Ten for valuing player safety over generating revenue on the bottom line. Right? When he was faced with this decision, first and foremost, he was trying to make sure 
that I want to make sure that all my players are safe. Now, you can sit here. It's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback, Bart, and say, well, he should have just held off and not canceled the season than the Pac-12 file suit. He should have just did exactly what the SEC, what the Big 12, uh, you know, what the ACC did as far as just pausing for a little bit and then having that buy-in week where you can have 10 weeks to actually play, right, to build in that that wiggle room. But at the same time, it's hard to sit here and say that's what you should have done. Right. And granted, they have to play – you know, they're they're only scheduled to have, what, eight games? So this puts Ohio State in a weird predicament – uh, Maryland obviously being able to cancel. Now they have to you have to win six games in order to qualify. Right. I'm not going to sit here and do that. I think Kevin Warren did the right thing. That's what was right for him in that conference. Yeah. But what I will say is, I if there's anything this pandemic should have done, we had to stop all these divisions. Yeah, it, we should stop divisions within conferences because what I don't want to see is I don't want to end up seeing Ohio State and then a team like Indiana have to fight it out and then go against a marginal team when we should have the best two teams right. from the Big Ten representing the Big Ten in the Big Ten Conference Championship. Exactly. That's what it should be. The ACC did that. They went away from divisions. You want the two best teams representing right. the ACC in the ACC Championship. Great. The Big Ten missed the boat on that aspect of it. I'm okay with it working out being uneven due to the fact that they have a later start date because he prioritized player safety over just generating revenue. And you, and, you, and you talk about where, where it all originated from. I forget the, the condition, the heart condition, myocarditis. Correct. I believe, yeah, I believe that's what it is. Yep. They had 10 cases of it in the Big Ten, more than any other conference. So they were worried about, you know, somebody having a, a you know, no, no athletic director wants that on their record, that somebody maybe tragically lost their lives. But then I feel like the country pressured them. I feel like it was pressured politically. To, to pressure them to come back, you know, they had made up their mind. They had made the decision that, listen, we're going to, we're going to punt on this season and we're going, and we're going to allow it. But then, you know, you got Harbaugh, you know, Jim and John coming got out. Ryan saying, Day right, coming out. Everybody coming out. You got, you got everybody saying the kids want to play. This is unfair. Listen, this, this whole year is unfair to all athletes, you know, whether it's high school, whether it's college, whether it's the professional ranks. But you think about, you know, the most pressure is on college. I'm not surprised that college has the outbreaks. They're the hardest to socially distance. They can't live in a bubble. You still, you can't call them student athletes and then don't allow them to go to class. Whereas there's so many different ways to put to, for them to get exposed, whether it's from somebody that's, you know, they're helping out, whether it's a, a grad assistant, whether it's a trainer, a training assistant, whether they're going back to their, to their, to their dorms. So the fact that it's an outbreak in college does not surprise me, you know, what I what I look at is the difference in how different conferences handle if you have an outbreak. It seems like you can go to the SEC and you can be a coach on the sideline, or the ACC you can be a coach on the sideline if somebody gets sick, or you can test out with three tests. Hmm. But you know, but if you look at the Big Ten, they really take it seriously because they really wanted to punt on the season to begin with. So I mean, the fact that it's affecting you know the the entire um, conference, the, the entire sport, to me goes back to the the fact and what we were talking about yesterday that they should expand. Expand the tournament, make it a tournament where you can have more people come in. Because how do you have Ohio State or you got Wisconsin with one game played and then try and, and, and have the eye, cont- uh, the eye test? It's subjective. So you have to make a, you know, you can have anything on paper and say, hey, this team played this team, so this team is better than this team. Just hash it out on the field. I think they should just hash it out on the field. We'll wait to see what happens. ESPN College Football Insider Heather Dinich essentially saying, yes, a ton is in flux, but as for the playoff committee, they're as straight as an arrow. 
It is going to be the most challenging decision, I think, in the seven years of the college football playoff. Now, that being said, I spoke with CFP Executive Director Bill Hancock earlier today, and he told me it's status quo for the selection committee. And what he means by that is there's no change in the protocol. They're still going to evaluate their top 25 teams each week based on what they're seeing. Now, I think a lot more is going to depend on the eye test. The eye test. What, what does that mean? And but the, we talk about this, and I know what the college football committee does. It's very subjective. But how do you handle scenarios where star players go out, they take two weeks off, maybe due to COVID, they come back, maybe they're rusty. Give the example of Cam Newton right. in the NFL, right? You, you, all right, I get COVID. I come back. I'm not the same. What happens if that happens to Trevor Lawrence? Right. It's Clemson, not one of the best teams in the country. Look what's happened to Wisconsin that's happened this year. It's, it's hard to evaluate teams subjectively when guys are going in and out of lineups, coaches are catching it, they're not around on the sidelines. How do you do that? And you t- talk about the week of preparation. Like, how do you prepare, right? What, what's your cardio like when you come back? Are you able to finish? It's a lot of questions that they, they, they have to answer and considerations. Last two things I would just quickly mention. The Big Ten is being guided medically by a guy named Dr. James Borchers. He's the head of sports medicine at The Ohio State University. He actually played for The Ohio State football team. And Michigan and Michigan State's leadership are both doctors. So you have to think about that when the decisions were made. We're asking you this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, who will win a Super Bowl first, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray? We'll explain a bit later why we're asking this and choosing these two guys in particular. So hang tight for that. But you can be a part of the Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice cold 20 ounce Dr. Pepper today. Speaking of Lamar, on the way, what's wrong with the unanimous MVP? Lamar has an answer Mm. on why Lamar is struggling, and it might surprise you. We'll have that straight from Lamar. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime 
for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We heard plenty of that last season and really early this season. Remember, Lamar Jackson became only the second player in NFL history to be voted a unanimous MVP. Tom Brady was the other. That was on WBAL, what you just heard. But things have certainly changed. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. They often say, cliche-wise, what a difference a year makes, fellas. What a difference 286 days makes. It was just 286 days ago that Lamar Jackson was at the NFL Awards, stood there, and became that second unanimous MVP. He's the only player in the history of the NFL to throw for 3,000 yards in a season and rush for 1,000. Sure, he hasn't won a playoff game, but bright lights were there and everybody thought the best was yet to come. Maybe, though, we underestimated some things, including Lamar yesterday on the Rich Eisen Show on PeacockTV.com, essentially saying, yes, yes, maybe defenses have figured me out to an extent, but it's not for the reason you think. When we're going against defenses, um, they call out our plays, stuff like that. Like, they know what we're doing. So a lot of that, you know, sometimes, you know, stuff won't go our way if they beat us to the punch. So you're, you're hearing on the other side of the line of scrimmage the defense calling out your plays? That's what Yeah, they definitely do. Like, runs, stuff like that. Uh, watch out for this, watch out for that. Sometimes that's what's going on. Okay, Bart, Mm. so let's get your opinion on this. Mm, A mm, lot of mm. people, including Keyshawn, who will be back tomorrow, essentially had said, you know, he just hasn't improved enough in the passing game, which has generally been a criticism of him. But we should also mention that maybe just maybe what Lamar said has some validity to it. As I mentioned before, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Well, both can be right, correct? Um, I want to take people back and kind of explain to them what this offense is. This offense is basically the Wildcat with a quarterback who can throw. And remember when the Wildcat came on and Ronnie Brown went back there and they played the Patriots and they dominated them and they dominated the league? Yeah. And then who did they play in the playoffs? They played the Baltimore Ravens with Chad Pennington and we destroyed it, Mm -hmm. right? Because what happened is these defensive coordinators are so smart. And what happens is, you know, people talk about analytics and how they're taking over sports, but analytics has always been a part of it. Right, and how you figure these type of things out, you go with personnel groupings. And what happens is you say, oh, they run the power play when they have 42 in the fullback. Oh, they run this when they have three tight mm-hmm. ends. They break it down, and they're able to put it in, into segments. These are the plays we get out of this personnel grouping. This is what we get when we have this running back at tailback, Dobbins versus Mark Ingram. This is what we get when we have two receivers on the field. And what the, what the, where the Ravens have failed Lamar Jackson is that they haven't surrounded him with guys who can win one-on-one at the receiver position. I mean, he's only has two touchdowns to receivers this year. Everything else is to Andrews. He can't be your number one guy. They, they haven't said Willie Sneed, I love him, but Willie Sneed was the fifth receiver for Drew Brees. I said this a couple of weeks ago you know, on, on Get Up. I said they have to make a big move to get somebody that can win at the line of scrimmage. Hollywood Brown is a good young player. But he's not a he's not a number one. Where's Hollywood Brown a number one on any other team, right? So he's so, a number one tweeter though. Well, of he course, tweets after and, the games, and, and he's frustrated as well. Yep. So they lost their leadership in Marshall Yonda, a guy who was really helping them on the interior runs, a Hall of Fame player. They Ronnie Staley goes down. They have to make uh, Orlando Brown Jr. their left tackle. So now those holes aren't as big, and people are understanding when Lamar gets in there and they get in these certain personnel groupings. This is what we get. 
So you, you think about, you know, the Ravens added the strength. They made a strength of strength. They go out, they go get Yannick. They already had Judon. They, they had Marcus, they had, uh, they had Jimmy Smith, and they had Marlon Humphreys. They went out and got Peters and traded for him. So they continue to add on to the offense, but they, I mean to the defense, but they haven't improved the offense. So then Lamar Jackson's thrown into tight windows, and guys can't separate because they can't win at the line of scrimmage. So both can be true. They're figuring their plays out, but, you know, the great teams, they know your plays. You don't think they know what Mahomes is going to do? But he has the players that can do it. It's easy when you know when, what run is happening because you can change the math on a run play. It's hard to change the math when you're on an island with receivers, great receivers down the field. Nobody can help you. This sounds to me like the notion of a bad team. Now, I know they're 6-2. and two. I know they're yeah. second in the division. But this is why I don't have this team having a chance to win a Super Bowl. Right. Because what happens is it was only a couple weeks ago I remember Coach Harborough saying – hey, we're empowering Lamar to be more creative. We're empowering him to be more optional at the line of scrimmage as far as audible, like, yeah. you know, calling audibles and being creative with the offense. And now I hear Lamar on Rich Eisen's show airing out dirty laundry, pretty much saying, hey, Coach Harborough, hey, Greg Roman, offensive coordinator, like, you guys aren't helping me. You're not right. surrounding me with the pieces to do so. Right. And it, when you have your quarterback saying things publicly, calling out your head coach and your offensive coordinator, but then you have your head coach saying, hey, almost in a way, this is kind of on Lamar because we're yeah. empowering him to be creative. What kind of sign is that? That's a sign of a team that is going in 20 different directions. Yeah. And then you talk about Hollywood Brown. I mean, he's going on Twitter after games, airing charges. out his dirty laundry. It, that's, not, that's not the sign of a team that's acting as a unit right. where they're communicating those things internally. That sounds like a team that is spread in a ton of different ways right. and can't work in unison. Well, they're starting to feel the pressure, right? Because, listen, there are expectations there, right? If you go out and you go get a, another elite pass rusher, you know, with a draft, you know, from Minnesota midseason, those are moves that usually are made to, to, to win. But when you look at the fact that they haven't helped Lamar, they bring in Calais Campbell, they bring in Derek Roof, um, Yannick Ngakwe. You go get, you go, you go bring back Chuck Clark. You 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 pay uh, Marlon Humphreys. You know you, you bring in Mafee. Like all this is defense. Mm-hmm. Where's my difference makers? You put all this equity in our team because teams are built up on the salary cap. All the salary cap money is on the defensive side of the ball. So then when I don't have productivity, it sounds like a team that wants to win the, win defensively, not win offensively. They could have went out and tried to make a move for Julio. They could have went out and tried to get A.J. Green. Give them somebody that's a difference maker. You know who they got? They got a 32-year-old with a bad Achilles. Where they do that at? Mm. Throw up the X for Dez Bryant. Like, come on, man. Dez Bryant hasn't been in the league for three years. That's the move that you give me to try and help me to take it to the next level? Like, it's not, it's not winning football. And listen, I love Eric DaCosta. I know what he's all about. But he put too much equity in his defense. Defense doesn't win championships in, t- in today's modern game. You have to have a lot. You have to have the ability to light up the scoreboard. If this team falls behind like they fell behind in the previous two playoffs against the Chargers, against the Titans, you can't come back when you're pushing the ball down the field to your tight ends. Also, how many times does Lamar Jackson need to ask for Antonio Brown? Yeah. I mean, ask him for him, essentially. He was there. He was cheap. He worked out with like, him. Please give, give us somebody. Give, us, give me give somebody me like that. Give me something. Give me a difference maker. Fair enough. Eric DaCosta is the Ravens' new general manager. If you're wondering, Baltimore, New England, Lamar and Cam on Sunday night football. Straight talk, wireless, no contract. It's a, it's no a QB rating for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. TV rating, pretty good. QB rating might be a little bit different. On the way, why a Super Bowl champion would rather have a guy that has never suited up for one playoff game at the quarterback position over Lamar 
moving forward. We just hammered Lamar for the entire segment, and somebody else is about to do the same times 10. We'll talk about that. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hang on a second, hang on a second, hang on a second. Did somebody just say if you replace the unanimous MVP of the league on the Baltimore Ravens and replace him with a guy that's played less than two full seasons in the NFL and has never sniffed the playoffs in his one-plus seasons, would that exactly be the right thing to do? That the words of Super Bowl champion Ryan Clark. You Mm -hmm. heard it in bits and pieces. He said it yesterday on Get Up. I want you to hear it in its entirety. Kyler over Lamar and justifying it to boot. If Kyler Murray right now was the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens, we'd have much more confidence in them to win the Super Bowl, period. We would. It wouldn't be a discussion. If you were starting your team, Kyler Murray would be your guy. It's not that I wouldn't take Lamar. It's just that with what I've seen from them, even with Lamar winning an MVP, if I had to put one at quarterback and say this guy takes X team to the championship, I'd always pick Kyler Murray first. I do know the majority of you are listening on ESPN Radio, but for those (laughs) of you that were watching on ESPN News, Jay's laughing here because when Ryan made that comment, he was on the screen with our NFL analyst, Dominique Foxworth, and the second second the (laughs) syllable came out of his mouth that he was going to go with Kyler over Lamar, Foxworth essentially got up from out of his seat and walked away, and frankly, if I wasn't plugged in with 10 different wires, I probably would do the same right now because it was a crazy comment. We're asking this morning, you're going to get your opinions, but this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, who will win a Super Bowl first, Lamar or Kyler? Obviously, Ryan Clark has weighed in with Kyler, and to the amazement of me and I think many people listening, most of our listeners think it's Kyler Murray. 52% of those on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed with Bart shaking his head in the affirmative saying Kyler Murray, including, i got to love this handle. Can I give this shout-out to this handle? Obi-Wan Toffoli. (laughs) Thank (laughs) thank you for that. Uh, We get our smart picks in movies on Friday, so we'll have to wait. Just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Murray has more talent around him and a million-mile better coaching staff i could not disagree with yeah. the second half say, of that statement more staff? yes I, I could not disagree with the second the half super of that bowl statement. winning the super bowl right. winning he's saying cliffs kingsbury obi-wan Toffoli is saying no. you're talking about the dude, no, that, got Obi- fired, the dude that got fired from high school well, you can't take someone seriously with that handle you can't be named obi-wan kenobi and then say something like that that's right. not very futuristic 
Obi-Wan Tafoli. Sorry, I called you Obi-Wan Tanoli. I don't even know what your name is anymore. If that's your name, I can't take you seriously. So he's essentially saying Cliff Kingsbury Cliff over King John Harbaugh. Harbaugh, who's a Super Bowl winning head coach, and Murray over it wanted, Jackson. It, wanted, it is winning percentage. Harbaugh's winning percentage is like 73%. I swear, we're talking about two different things here. So who can win a Super Bowl first? That's the poll question. Is, uh, is, is a different question than if you were to put yeah. Kyler Murray on the Baltimore Ravens, and he would make them a Super Bowl contender. I I would disagree with that comment. I can't co-sign that by RC. When I look at who Kyler Murray is throwing the ball to, just ask Deshaun Watson how that's working out for him. When he's struggling and begging the Houston Texans not to trade Will Fuller. Will Fuller, Fuller, right? Right? DeAndre Hopkins is a top three receiver in the league. Larry Fitzgerald is there. They play the air raid system, two different styles in which they're playing. And Bart and I were talking about this during the break. Every time Lamar Jackson comes to the line of scrimmage, they're stacking the box against him because they seem like they're a one-dimensional offense because who's he throwing the ball to? (laughs) Willie Sneed, who has 20 receptions. This year, Willie Sneed. And when you look at it, it's, it's a difference in philosophies as well because one is based on a run game. One is based on spreading everybody out and throwing the football. So if you put, if you put Kyler Murray on the Baltimore Ravens, he's going to be frustrated because he's going to have to f- throw into tighter pockets, which means more interceptions. They're not pushing the ball down the field because they don't have the weapons to push the ball down the field. Everybody knows Hollywood Brown is a fast receiver, but he's not a top 20 receiver in his league. You know, you talk about Kyler Murray, and you, you, you say Larry Fitzgerald, that's obvious. You say DeAndre Hopkins, that's obvious. Christian Kurt is a pretty good damn receiver as well. Mm. And then he also has the better running back. Kenyon Drake is, is better than, than Ingram and Dobbins is going to be, get there, but he's a rookie as well. So when you talk about that, you talk about a team that's built to win offensively versus a team that's built to win defensively. How about this? If you put Kyler Murray in the Wildcat offense – Physicality-wise, yeah. would he be able to sustain throughout the season? No. With the I, amount of times they run the ball? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, remember how many times Lamar Jackson was the primary runner last year? You talk about a guy that ran for 1,200 yards last year. We've never seen this from a quarterback. I mean, running backs aren't getting 1,200 yards. He did both. So he's a guy that I think we're a prisoner at the moment because we see Kyler Murray is ascending, but he's ascending because this team decided to put weapons around him. Uh, and when you think about Baltimore, Baltimore is built defensively. That, that organization, that brand, the Steelers, they're built defensively. I would argue, I would probably say that, I mean, I would look at this Willie Sneed and I would look at Hollywood Brown and I would say that the Bengals, have better skill position players wow. than the Baltimore Ravens. Can That's you, te- can you teach me something for a minute? When sure. I said before, hey, when you're playing against a guy like Lamar Jackson, it's easy. You stack the box. And you said, yeah. but who you stack the box with is important. Right. So when you think about, okay, when they lost to the Chargers, what did they do? They put Derwin James in the box. What they want is they want to get as many athletes that can play in space as possible because it's, a, it's pretty much like an a, a option offense. And what it is is they're fooling you and they're causing pause when they're you know, having all these play fakes. And then what happens is when, he, when Lamar you know, decides to run, he's an angle changer, right? He, he makes he, – he, whatever angle you think you got is wrong because he, he's, he's fast. He's a 4-3-40. You know, he's a guy that can make you miss. He's a guy that can get to the edge. You know, when you think about, you know, um, Kyler Murray, when you think about Kyler Murray, 
you know, he's built on the air raid, throwing the ball out, you know, spreading the field and using the width of the field as well, using the entire part of the field and even also stretching the field, even though you think about DeAndre Hopkins, he's not a vertical receiver. He's more of a possession guy, a 17 to 18 yard guy. They got Christian Kirk that can stretch a football field. So now he's utilizing the entire field. When you go against Lamar Jackson, you, you're packing the box and he's not using, he's not using the vertical part of the field. He's only using the horizontal part. Of so the you're field. stacking the box with exactly. safeties, eight, eight, safeties eight, guys people. who are agile can move yep. horizontally side to side, just as fast as Lamar Jackson. Exactly. And it's nothing that you can do because you can say, you know what? I'll take my number one corner. And oh, this is your assignment this week. Number one corner. You got Willie Sneed. Like what? That's a day off. <laughs> like, man, this is homecoming. I'm wow. eating. This, I'm eating this week. Mm. Right. You're not saying that if you got to go against DeAndre Hopkins, you're getting the safety. So now you think about Kyler Murray. He plays with more space because you got to keep that safety over the top because you know that you need to help your cornerbacks on those two receivers. You know, Zubin, this has so much to do with my, my rookie year in the NBA. We played the triangle, right? The triangle, when you see people that were built to win the triangle, yeah. Kobe Bryant, big wings, Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal. It's built for either wings or centers. Yeah. Now, in college, all we ran was like the Phoenix Suns offense, high screen roll, pick and pop. We were surrounded with shooters. Dominated in that system, yeah. in that style, but in the triangle style, the ball was out of my hands. The only time I shot the ball was with five seconds or less in the shot clock. So style has so much to do yeah. on being whether you're conducive to being successful in that system right. or not. Styles make fights in boxing, basketball, and exactly. football, apparently. The Dr. Pepper call in line, 888 ESPN, 888 729. Obi Wan Kenobi, man. You, you Obi Wan Tanoli. <laughs> yeah, you said right. <laughs> We're asking Obi Wan Tafoli. Tafoli, I still anybody, got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> who wins the Super Bowl first? Simple. Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson? Again, the early results on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. 52% for Kyler Murray, which frankly really surprised me, but maybe the tide will turn by the end of the program. Again, we want to take your calls on it, so stack them up. 888-ESPN, simple as that. Murray or Jackson, or if it's easier for you, Key J and Z on Twitter. Who wins the Super Bowl first? Kyler Murray, who's yet to play in a playoff game, or Lamar, who <laughs> is... Disrespectful. They, they won a division last year. The reigning MVP. <laughs> the unanimous reigning MVP, we should mention. How about we get your answer? We kind of got your rationale, but you guys haven't officially said it. So weigh in, 52% on Murray. Your thoughts, Murray or Jackson? Well, Ryan Clark isn't wrong, but he's he's, he's, he's right for different reasons. And it's because of the supporting cast. So I understand what he's saying. But if if you put Kyler Murray on the Ravens with those weapons, I'm still taking Lamar Jackson. If you put Lamar Jackson out there with those type of weapons offensively, mm. they're going to be much better. So you're asking me who could win the Super Bowl first? Yeah, that is the with question. With the way oh, their team is constructed? Oh, the Ravens. Cool. I, I, I would say the Ravens. I believe in the Ravens more so than I do in the Cardinals. What is the ceiling on Kyler Murray? Remember, if you've been listening to our show since the beginning here the last three months, key, the adjective, uh, Barton, and Jay knows this, the adjective that key has used for uh, Kyler Murray is cute. But over the course of the last few (laughs) weeks, especially after the win over Seattle on Sunday night, he's changed his tune a little bit. What's Kyler's ceiling? Uh, Lamar, we kind of know. You're an MVP. Your ceiling is high. Kyler's ceiling is? Uh, It's tough, man, because I've seen some things that concerns me about Kyler. I don't, like how, I don't like how he re- reacts when he loses. You know, he cursed. You know what I mean? I, he doesn't give – you know, remember what the narrative was when he came out, that he wasn't a leader, that his teammates didn't really like him. And I can see some things in his, in his, in his press conferences when he loses 
that really concerns me. It seems like he's a finger pointer, mm. and it seems like he's not a guy that t- takes accountability. And I can see how he can maybe separate a locker room with some of his comments that he says. And if you don't believe me, just go back and look at some of his interviews when they lose, how he answers questions. He almost seems agitated, not understanding that you're the CEO of your of your football team. And, you know, when you lose, you have to you have to be able to be gracious. So I'm going to say, you know what? His ceiling is like in that division, cute. I think he's like a you know he'll, he he may he may win a, a playoff game a wild card but I don't know if you can win with him I don't like what I see from a leadership standpoint. Those are the early returns from Bart Scott Keyshawn and J Will Zuman brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now Straight Talk Wireless new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, sixty five bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk limitations and exclusions apply. Let's go straight to week 10 of the NFL season, which begins tonight. Rivers hit as he throws the football. Nope, Jim Winters got the interception. Rivers throws off his back foot. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! Rivers slides up, throws, deep pass is going to be picked off at the 35. Rivers facing pressure, throws it downfield, and the ball is caught. Touchdown, Rivers looks right, throws right, ball's going to be intercepted again. Rivers out of the gun. Touchdown, Trey Burton. On yet another interception of Phillip Rivers. Got to tell you, Phillip Rivers, if you look at the numbers, he is the most statistically accomplished quarterback to never win the Super Bowl. A ton of that has to do with talent. A ton of that has to do with longevity, being a part of that vaunted 2004 draft class. Tonight, the Colts who have surprised some people, taking on the Tennessee Titans, who also have surprised some people. Mike Wells covers the Colts every day of the year for ESPN, and he joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Mike, simply put, one year, $25 million for Phillip Rivers. We're halfway through the one-year deal. From those you talk to in and around the organization, the return on investment has been... Ooh, Zubin. Let's let's just say Phillip Rivers is a great quarterback. If you're facing the New York Jets, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Detroit Lions, but if you face the Baltimore Ravens or the Chicago Bears, Phillip Rivers struggles. I mean, the the numbers don't lie. I mean, against teams that are less than 500, he's got eight touchdowns and just two interceptions. But against Chicago, Cleveland, and Baltimore, Rivers has only completed 59% of his passes, and he's thrown three interceptions with only one touchdown. So give Rivers a bad football team, the Colts are going to be fine. But when you play a good defense, that's when you don't know what Phillip Rivers is going to show up on that game day. Now, we thought that, you know, this was going to be a match made in heaven. He was going to go back with his former offensive coordinator, Frank Wright, and all was going to be well in the world. We know that the Colts, you know, have Super Bowl aspirations. They really bought in. You know, they they went in and they they traded for DeForest Buckner, you know, to get them over the edge, you know, Justin Houston the, the year before. But... Are are you saying that maybe the team may be better off with Jacoby Brissett at at the, at the uh, behind center? I mean, there's there's a reason why Jacoby Brissett is the backup quarterback. Jacoby Brissett had every opportunity to be the next franchise quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts after Andrew Luck retired last season, and Brissett started strong, but then he went downhill. I mean, the fact that the Colts had to go out and give a 38 year old Philip Rivers 25 million dollars for one year let you know that, okay, Jacoby Brissett is not the answer. I mean, Jacoby Brissett is a valuable backup quarterback, but to say he would be a starter, uh, he should be starting right now. It's too early to tell because the Colts are 5-3. and three. But Now, the- they're in a very gruesome stretch right now, Bart, 
playing Tennessee twice in the next uh, mm-hmm. three games, along with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Now, if the Colts, you know, go downhill again, that's when you're going to start winning. Okay, Frank Reich, you know, I know you're loyal to Phillip Rivers, but maybe it's time to look at Jacoby if, if Phillip Rivers goes um, and struggles in these next three games. Mike, we haven't heard too much from T.Y. Hilton this year. What is he doing off of the field to help aid the offense? Man, you know, you think T.Y. Hilton, you think, okay, big plays. I mean, Bart, you, you know this very well. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton is a big play wide receiver. He's off to the slowest start of his nine-year NFL career. It doesn't help that he's a free agent this offseason. He's about to turn 31 years old this month, and I think that's an equation with Phillip Rivers. I mean, Phillip Rivers, as good as he is with underneath throws, T.Y. Hilton is a big play down the field guy, a guy who excels at going outside of the numbers. And that's where Phillip Rivers has struggled to get the ball to. Down the field, 140-yard play this year for the Colts, offensively through the air, and getting the ball to the outside. There's been times where you've seen the receivers break to the outside, and they're kind of waiting for the football still. And that just shows, even though the Colts are saying they believe Phillip Rivers has the same arm strength, you look at the, you look at the film and you can see that the, the same arm strength is not there. In order for Phillip Rivers to have success with T.Y. Hilton, they're going to have to get him some underneath stuff and let him use, you know, um, yards after catch because trying to go down the field just has not worked out for Hilton. And now he's, uh, you know, less than 300 yards receiving through eight games this year. That's not T.Y. Hilton type numbers. It's going to be a big game tonight. You got the six and two Titans and the five and three Colts, one game separating each from the other in the AFC South, sitting at one and two. In the division, this is a big spot for Indy as they're the ones sitting at a game back. We'll watch it tonight on Fox with the kickoff at 820 Eastern as we kick off week 10 of the NFL season. Mike, we'll look for your work on ESPN.com tonight. Thanks very much. Take care, fellas. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Paul Feinbaum, to talk a little college football at 715, appear on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Let's go from A to Z. And from A to Z is brought to you by Redbox. Redbox's new movies at the box and streaming on demand from the producers of Get Out and Us, Don't Miss hey. Antebellum, starring Janelle Monet. Visit redbox.com for all the ways to watch our Redbox smart picks, of course, coming up tomorrow. The Masters begins today on ESPN and ESPN Plus. Coverage at 7.30 Eastern on our streaming service. The coverage on TV at 1 Eastern. Tiger Woods tees off at 7.55 a.m. Eastern, about 65 minutes from now. Michael Collins, ESPN golf reporter and former caddy, essentially says year to year, the change for the defending champion of this tournament, yes, it is Tiger Woods. It's that long ago, about 500 days ago, could not be more different. He is coming into this Masters in completely different form than how he came into the Masters in 2019. He came into the Masters in 2019 off a win at Zozo. This is a different Tiger Woods. Tiger right now is struggling with his short game and his putting. You can't be struggling with your putting here. Jay, Tiger is looking to go back-to-back at the Masters for the second time. He did it in 01 and 02. He could do it here, and if he gets it done here... He would have six green jackets tying his boyhood idol, Jack Nicklaus. Obviously, it'll take him into a different stratosphere as it relates to his legendary status, which is already legendary. I, I really look forward to how he opens up today. I mean, how he opens up on day one, see how the course is playing, how are the greens, what speed are they running at, and how he hits the ball off the tee are going to be imperative. No doubt about it, especially because rain is in the forecast all day today, softening those greens and changing the course just a little bit. 
to the NBA. Definitely want to get your thoughts on this. James Harden and Russell Westbrook, unsure of their future with the Rockets. We sort of hit that story yesterday. That was a big headline. But Sham Sharanya of the Athletic and Stadium taking it to the next level, reporting that Russell Westbrook now wants out of Houston, but James Harden remains committed to the team and is, quote, locked in for the season. Brian Windhorse answering the biggest question you're probably thinking. From what I understand, neither James Harden or Russell Westbrook are on the trade market right now. I don't think Harden's going anywhere short term. Let's see how things go this next few days with Russell Westbrook. Let's see how things go these next few days. Jay, what do you think? Poor Steven Silas. (laughs) Welcome to your first head coaching experience because that's not the only thing you're dealing with. Westbrook and Harden potentially won out. P.J. Tucker is irate over his contract. He feels like he deserves more. Eric Gordon, Daniel House, Austin Rivers, all dissatisfied with their roles. Former players describing Houston as problematic, and the season is described as a mess. Hmm. This is what you're inheriting in your first year as a head coach. Bart? I mean, that's crazy, right? You think if one has to go, it has to be Westbrook. That's Harding's team. He gives you the better, better option to win. You know, I think, you know, it, we, we talk about that relationship. We think that they're friends. But, you know, you can be friends and not, not be a, a great match on the, on the court together. It clearly hasn't worked out that, you know, positionless basketball isn't the way to go. We should also mention that somewhere, maybe across the river from where you're sitting, Mike D'Antoni is sitting there smiling this morning saying, uh, uh, yeah. hey, you know what? I extricated myself from this situation. Maybe he knew something we didn't. And so is Daryl Morey who actually, I'm sure, is trying to find some way right now to crunch the numbers and get James Harden to Philadelphia to play with Joel Embiid. Rhonda in Tennessee, you're on ESPN Radio. Rhonda, sorry, we've got about 20 seconds. Who wins the Super Bowl first, Kyler or Lamar? Lamar. At some point, Kyler's going to have to be able to get away from the Miles Garrett and the defenses of Pittsburgh to even get to the playoffs, and he is not that guy. He can do all that scurrying out there in the West, but that's not going to work. And he's not even going to be able to see over the defense at five, six, and ten. <laughs> cute and oh, short. Cute and short. Spoken like a true Ravens fan. I'm sure that was a Raven right there. Hey, man, I can't say anything because I'm 6'2". In my world, I'm cute and short, too. <laughs> On the way, Lamar is yet to win that Super Bowl. The Eagles certainly did, but they did it with Nick Foles. Brett Favre weighed in the other day and said they kept the wrong dude. Favor. Finally... The Eagles head coach, after somewhat of a delay, has weighed in with his thoughts. And wait till you hear his connection to Favre. That's Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com.